0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dreams Unlimited Travel Podcast. My name is John Magi, and I'll be your host. And in this episode, we're going to talk to you about planning a Royal Caribbean Cruise Line vacation. Very exciting. I am joined via the Internet by Client Services Manager for Dreams Unlimited Travel, Kevin Close. Hello, everyone. And Agent Consultant for Dreams Unlimited Travel, Tracy Heinrichs. Hi, everyone. Thank you, guys, for being here today. Um, I want to remind folks, again, we record these shows in advance of them being shown, being posted on YouTube. So if any of the information we give you is a little out of date, we apologize. We're giving you the information as of the time we're recording it. So, you know, things are very fast moving and fluid in the travel industry these days. So just keep that in mind as we go. So I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited to even just talk about a cruise. I
1: know. gosh. I'm starting to see commercials on TV and it's like, Oh man, like, it's just, uh, I'm in serious withdrawal at this point, especially because I'm landlocked here in Canada. Like I'm actually even willing
2: to go over to Port Canaveral and just
1: sit on the boat. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I think if I was in Florida right now, I would go and do that casino boat thing that they have at Port Canaveral just so I could be on a boat.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. That thing is full of COVID. (laughs) You don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, I think if you get
1: letters, <laughs> John, yeah. Yeah. Remember Wasn't Kevin and I that said that.
0: Um, I think part of what's happening too, is that, um, at this point in the United States, we are seeing our cases go down for COVID and we're seeing vaccinations roll out. So I feel like it seems like there's some hope and some excitement for what might be coming. So I think that this is a good time to talk about planning a Royal Caribbean cruise vacation. You want to get your stuff in early. I know sometimes it's a chance of whether or not they're go, they'll go, but they have been doing really well with what they're offering folks when cruises get canceled. So with that in mind, we're going to go through some things. Um, I just want to say, I don't have any inside information or anything, but we know that Royal Caribbean cruises are suspended through, what, April 30th?
1: Tracy? Yeah, just most, end of April for most of them. There's a, one ship they pulled out of Alaska already, the Quantum. Um, they're sending that over, overseas to Singapore. Um, so the Alaska Quantum cruises were canceled for the summer. But for now, we have until the end of April.
0: So the good news is, um, actually, the Singapore sailings are doing really well. They had one scare where someone tested positive for COVID and they brought the ship back, but that turned out to be a false positive. The person since has tested twice and he's negative and there's been no issues. So they're seeing a great deal of success on those uh, closed loop Singapore sailings. So maybe something good on the horizon. All right. So the first thing we got to talk about the Royal Caribbean is let's talk about their fleet. They've got a lot of ships, right, Tracy?
1: Yeah, they do. They have eight classes of ships. So, I mean, they're running the gamut from something like, you know, a, a ship that takes 1,500 passengers all the way to, up to something like the symphony that's taking 5,500 passengers. So their fleet is huge and it's wide. Um, I think there's somewhere like 27, 28 ships now um, over these eight classes. So there's there's a huge fleet. Not every ship is created equal. So it's very important when discussing a Royal Caribbean cruise Everybody sees the commercials. They see all the fancy stuff because they show everything that is on the latest and biggest ships. And sometimes people can expect those on every ship. So it's important to discuss your ship with your agent um, just to make sure your expectations are managed.
0: You know, one of the great things about Royal Caribbean is it's one of those cruise lines that you can pick for itinerary price or ship. Exactly. We have ships we love that we will go on any day of the week that we think are great. Oh. But then there might be an itinerary we want to do, and we go, wow, oh, that's on an older ship, and but it's worth it for the itinerary. So that's oh, what's great about having such a big fleet of ships. We sailed from Australia to Hawaii on an older Radiance-class ship, and we loved it. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, it's, it's what works for you, but also, as Tracy said, let's manage expectations and talk to your agent. And in addition to having a huge fleet, Royal Caribbean also has a ton of itineraries.
1: Yeah. I mean, just about everywhere. I mean, we talked about, you know, the quantum sailing in a Singapore. So there's options, excuse me, my phone was buzzing. Uh, there's options on, you know, in that part of the world, uh, they, for part of the year, they'll be sailing out of Australia. Um, obviously in the summer months, they're doing Alaska round trip and cruise tours. Um, And a cruise tour is when you cruise one way and then you take a land tour in Alaska as an add-on. And then you're in your typical Caribbean. um, They'll put a ship in San Juan, usually over the winter months that does like a Southern Caribbean, very port intensive. So typically you're not seeing one of your newer ships, you know, sailing out of San Juan. But again, it's because of the itinerary. Uh, they've introduced something really cool for next year. I think it's the fall of 22. They're sailing out of Barbados and then doing um, Southern from there with, you know, the ABC islands, Aruba, Bonaire, and Carousel, doing Grenada, really neat itineraries. So sailing out of Barbados is a cool option.
0: I realize no, there's no something set yet, but are is Royal Caribbean booking everything now? Like you can book every itinerary or is there some itineraries you can't get? At
1: the Generally speaking, up until 22, we're booking pretty well everything. Some things into early 23. Um, you know, the specialty stuff like Alaska and Europe for 23, we won't see that yet. But if we're talking 22, I think just about everything is out now. Um, there's some th- places I noticed where there's some holes. And I think that's because they are not sure. Um, I think there's some talk about moving some ships around and and I think right now, coming off the end of COVID, trying to figure out where everything and everybody's going to be. So there's some holes here and there, but for the most part, it's all there. And I mean, we talked about Alaska in the summer months to do in Europe. Um, so just about, just about anywhere you want to go, you can go with Royal. It feels to
0: me like Royal Caribbean has the attitude of, we are going to go forward. Yes, and absolutely. Adjust- and adjust Absolutely. as as the timing comes. Yeah. So we've talked about this on other shows and things. You know, there's a good possibility that we may only see um, closed-loop Caribbean sailings at first because they are the most easy for a cruise line to control. Mm-hmm. So while they are booking in all of these things, it feels like they're kind of like, listen, we're going to go for it, and hopefully it all works out, but we may see some adjustments later on.
2: There's also less uh, international travel restrictions to the Caribbean right Europe still Europe still has some uh, travel restrictions. Canada has some. I just read today that Alaska has opened up a little bit. You no, don't you no longer need a negative test to go to Alaska. So yeah things are changing
0: minute by minute. so
2: that might be a reason why we see more Caribbean stuff. They also almost all depart from the U.S. So
0: we'll yeah. say. So you have the inside scoop, Tracy. What's Canada going to do? Are they going to mm-hmm. let us visit?
1: I'm not sure. Canada might be using this as an excuse to keep you out forever. I'm not sure at this point. <laughs> this
0: is our chance.
1: This is our chance. Um, you know, I think throughout this entire pandemic. Canada has been doing phenomenal. Like, I feel like we've kept our numbers down. We were strict. They came in with assistance for people. So, I mean, there's always room for improvement, but I thought we did phenomenal. You know, the idea that in May we can accept people to cruise to Alaska is just not realistic. I was shocked that they canceled right through to February of 22. That seems excessive to me. Um, I know there's been some talk back and forth now between some, you know, Alaskan governor and Canada and different things saying, is there something we can do here? Because there's that maritime law as well. So Alaska can't even go into Seattle, bypass Canada, because they have to stop in a Canadian court. So I think, I think for sure there'll be no Alaska in May, probably even do June. I thought by the time July and August came that we could start to see, you know, maybe we could salvage the season at that point. But I'm not sure. It's tough. And I'm on the east coast of Canada, and I know it's much more of a negative impact for this part of the country than it is for the west coast where Alaska happened. So it's, it's tough. I was shocked that they did it all the way to February. That seemed like an overreaction to me. Well, they're also not doing the maritime cruises to eastern Canada, are they? No, and that those would be in the fall. So that's the part of the country where I am. And a lot of the communities who take part in these eastern itineraries, they heavily rely on tourism. Tourism is their number one um, form of business, really, in a lot of these areas. So taking the cruise ships away for two years in a row will be a real hardship for this part of the country. So... It was shocking. I think that's our biggest thing. We're behind on vaccinations. So, you know, they're anticipating by the end of September, they'll have everybody who wants one vaccinated. But that's the end of the Alaska season. That's almost the end of the Canadian season. So it's hard to tell at this point. I think at this point, the best bet is if there can be a temporary change in that maritime law that will allow them to cruise from Seattle without a stop in Canada. To me, that's the best bet.
0: I, think, I also think you're going to see uh, releasing of restrictions as things get better. Exactly. I think this was a okay. worst-case scenario. Let's just say stop it. Yeah. So you reset to zero, and then you'll see it open up into other things. All right, right, so I know it's like COVID, COVID, COVID. That's all we talk about. But it's really of high importance, especially people who are cruising. On a show we did about Norwegian Cruise Line, I mentioned that Norwegian Cruise Line has done a really good job of letting people know what's going on with their ships. And I think Royal Caribbean is doing a very good job as well. If you go to their website, there's all lists of the things they're doing to retrofit the ships and things like that. Anything we want to point out specifically, Tracy, that we see?
1: I think the biggest thing to know with them, I mean, they're, like you said, they're going to be, you know, retrofitting ships. A lot of it is speculation at this point. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. They haven't released their full protocol and process but Royal Caribbean Group, which is Royal Caribbean and Celebrity, they, and I'm, excuse me, because I'm going to be reading this. I don't want to get it wrong. They have what they call a healthy sale panel. So they have got together the team, a team of the best minds and leaders in public health, biosecurity, epidemiology, hospitality, and maritime operations. So they've created this panel, and their goal is, as they prepare to return to service, Their combined expertise will help reinforce current safety procedures on board ships, create new ones, and ensure the vacation experience. So I think just the fact that they've taken that step, you know, this is at their expense. They have put this board, this team together, and they've been researching, they've been taking, you know, what what the CDC is saying and what even independently this group thinks will be best practices going forward. Um I will be so confident when Royal Caribbean, even Disney, Royal Caribbean, Celebrity, Norwegian, when any of these cruise lines tell us they're ready, I believe them. I yeah. really do. And so I think they are putting forth every effort possible. And this Healthy Sail panel is really unique. Um, they, and they've put it together quite some time ago. This is not a new thing. Um, it was put together last year at some point. And we weren't too far into this whole thing when they developed it. So I'm, I'm fairly confident that um, they're looking out for the best interest because the last thing any of these cruise lines want is an outbreak because it's going to put the whole thing is going to be back where we started. So I'm confident they're not going to sail until they're ready.
0: I agree. I'm with you a thousand percent. Yeah. Um, I think there's good news out of, as I mentioned, these Singapore sailings. You know, the fact right. that they're going and that there hasn't been any incidences, that's all really good news and shows that what they're putting in place works. And we have to give the cruise lines a little bit of slack here. One of the issues they have is that the CDC has not released specific guidelines. You know, they talked about reduced capacity and things like this. So until they do a step-by-step of what the cruise lines need, and they're being um, – uh, I don't know what the right word is uh, – continually asked by CLIA and ASTA, the travel agency associations, they're being lobbied, listen, we need this because we need people to travel again. So I agree with you. I think when it's all said and done, cruising is going to be great. And let's do it now.
1: All yeah. right. Even if they just let the three of us go. <laughs> yeah, really. That's all. Hey. you morning, Chris, too. We social we socially distance quite well when we travel together. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> we even gamble. Tracy's on the ship somewhere. Yeah.
0: we even gamble at different tables.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Um, shoot, I was going to say something. I forgot. What I was going to say. Oh, how about the fact that Royal Caribbean put out a thing for volunteers to be first yeah. people to, to sail, and they got overwhelmed.
1: Yeah, they had they had to close it down because <laughs> there was that point where the CDC was saying one of the requirements is to kind of do some test sailings. So, you know, they have people, they put out a thing for volunteers because that was one of the conditions by the CDC. These need to be people who are volunteering, not paid guests and, and, um, but again, outside of saying that very loose, there's gotta be test sailings. There's not been any other information. So without even knowing when they can do this, they've probably got, you know, a stack of 4 million people who are willing to be volunteers. Well,
0: think about it. You know, I'm sure that there are millions of fans like us out there of cruising. And then there are the folks who have an affinity for one cruise line over the other, whether it's Disney or Royal Caribbean or Celebrity. So imagine, you know, you're given that opportunity. I would jump on it. Absolutely. Me, me, me. All right. So one of the other things we've talked quite a bit about with uh, what might happen. What are you smiling at, Kevin? Me, me, me. One of the things we talked about, um, about what might happen when they do sail again, is that they will try to control the experience. Cruise lines are going to want to say, we talk about closed loop sailings, which means leave, return to the same port, minimize port uh, interactions. But one of the ways that this can be done is through going to their private island. And Royal Caribbean has two. So, I'm gonna let Tracy talk about their private islands. So, folks who perhaps are used to Castaway Key, we could talk a little bit about comparing them, but also what's unique about each of these experiences.
1: So, there's two of them. The, the one that they've had the longest is Labadee. Um, maybe it's not the one they've had the longest. They could have had Coco Key longer, but they fixed. So, as far as I'm concerned, Coco Key is like a whole new island now. So, <laughs> Labadee's the a little. a while, it was just a sandbar. Right. <laughs> Lavity in Haiti um, is there, or, you know, is the other island that they have. And it's a beautiful island. I mean, I've been there. It's, you know, it's got nice beaches, and it's got a, a club-level area and restaurants on the beaches, similar to Castaway in that there's not, a, you know, not major things happening. Um, but they have some excursions and stuff on the island. I would say if I was comparing Lavity to Castaway, maybe Castaway is better but is very similar in that vein. So, and they also have some locals. Uh, they have a set on market section where they have some locals that will sell you goods and whatnot.
0: How when was the last time you've been to Labadee? Can you recall?
1: Um, was it 19
0: 2019?
1: It had to be with a group cruise because I remember Roger and Kathy were there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So you know and I don't
1: normally is. cruise with Roger and Kathy, so
0: they just live on that island now. <laughs> <They do.
1: laughs> Maybe that's so. why Kathy had her hair braided.
0: Because <laughs> we had been since the hurricanes had really done damage, and they fixed it up. And I got to tell you, that island—that well, it's not really an island—but that section is absolutely beautiful. Yeah, I mean, they've expanded. They really the a nice job with it. Talk a little bit about your experience there kevin when we did um we went out and you were able to ride your scooter all around and i labity was completely accessible to
2: me there was i could get every place on the island i could access the marketplace uh i could access the restaurants. there were even walkways out to the beach so i could go further out into the sand mm-hmm. um I remember a day when it was, you know, a beach and some lawn chairs and two concrete plaque huts. It's, it's developed quite a bit since then. And yep. I think it's, um, it's a great beach day. And they have, um, you're right, they have some excursions. I think they have a zip line. They put some things out in the water if you want to, uh, giant slides and things. I think there's an extra cost involved in that. But they do the jet skiing and the parasailing. It's all the stuff you would find on, on most beaches. But I think it's I think it's nice. It's a great beach day. I think if you're looking to compare it to Castaway Key, Castaway Key has Disney. It's Disney fun? So if that's your thing, you're going to find that preferable. If your idea is, you know clear blue water and sand and somebody bringing you drinks, I think you're going to have just as great a time in Lavity.
0: I was also surprised at how many food locations there were uh-huh. um, and restrooms. The place where you go and you buy the local crafts is still the same. It's yep. still on the scary side, <laughs> but it's part of the experience of going to it's Lavaday. It's an authentic
1: experience. It is authentic.
0: Just,
2: they can be a bit aggressive. They can be. Um, they, they want to sell you things.
1: Not quite straw market in Nassau aggressive, but aggressive.
0: Aggressive. We
2: and I went will, to Ocho Rios. Yeah. In Jamaica. That's my uh, that's my bar of
0: aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say this. I think that their section for concierge is really not great. Yeah. Their huts, their um, their cabanas have... Nowhere compared to what's on Castaway Key, and oh. their service was nowhere near what's on Castaway Key. So if that's the experience you're looking for and you're comparing the two, uh, Disney wins by a
2: Also, the the um, cabanas at Labadee are not accessible. Right. There are stairs up to each one.
1: Yep. And weren't there a couple that you actually accessed from the water, I think? I think I saw a couple like that where you yeah, had to go into that the water. Are
0: over the water, but you can still get there from. Oh, okay. The but yeah, and again, that was you know you, you still had to go up like two steps. Yeah. To get to the ramp that went to them, but you can then go into the water from.
2: And them. I feel like the ones at Castaway Key are three sided with an opening towards the beach. This was more like one sided with a roof. Yeah. <laughs> it was less of an enclosure. And I don't know if that makes a difference. I preferred the ones at Castaway Key. This was more like I would use the word a Mm lean-to. And there was more shelter at Castaway Key. So if you're looking for more of that shelter feeling, these are different.
0: All right. Let's talk about uh, Coco Cay. So now
1: every time they mention that it's perfect day at Coco Cay is – now it's official name, I think. I don't know if it says that on a map, but that's what yeah, they call it now. <laughs> it does. It says on every map, and it also has it like everywhere you look. So you have things the whole Exactly. So it's the new fancy, they've done everything to it. It has a water park on the island. That is an extra charge. Um, Cocoa Key is also a great place to have a beach day, but there's a lot more going on. So it could be almost like an uh, an excursion day you know, whereas, you know, on another island, you would maybe pay to go to a water park or a beach or something like that. It reminds me of that. So there is a whole section that is free that you can enjoy, you know, the beach, there was, um, you know, sports, like I said, basketball and volleyball and, and all kinds of things. There's also a couple pools on the island that can be enjoyed. Uh, for, they were included as well. And then they had the entire water park area. That area, the cost of that varies per cruise. I think it depends on how popular the cruise is, um, uh, travel dates and stuff, just because weather cannot be as great, you know, during January, for example. Um, so I, I, I think if you average that at around $100 per person per day, you would be in the ballpark. It can be higher or lower than that, but that'll give you a rough idea. Um, again, there's areas where you can shop. Um, they have huts. I do know um, they have the food there as well. Of all the private islands I've been to, I loved how they did their island food the best. I found that it was stations within, and it just seemed more organized. It was nice, a variety of options. It wasn't just a burger and a hot dog kind of thing. Um, so I thought they did really well with all of that. I know um, there were some accessibility issues there. Yes. I think Kevin had some. Um, I
2: could go all the way around the island on the walkway. But any of the shops, the restrooms, and the food was off into sand. Right. So I used a scooter. I could see it all. I could go all the way around the island. But I couldn't get to the shopping. I didn't have an all-terrain scooter. (laughs) So, the bathrooms, I did find one bathroom where it was paved all the way up to it, but I couldn't get into the, the restaurants or the shopping. One I actually, actually told them about that on, when I got back on the boat. I said, you know, this is beautiful. However, to me, it was look, but don't touch. So, if you're in a scooter or a wheelchair, And it was some deep sand. It wasn't, you know, we have sand here in Florida where it packs down really hard and it's basically like a roadway. I mean, people drive on it. This was really loose beach sand, so I didn't get to do any of the shopping. Well,
0: I just want to, can I always want to clarify the main restaurant area? There was a way into that. Oh, yeah, you're right. I apologize. There was a way into that that Kevin could have gone. However, you know, there was so little for us to do that by the time we got around the whole island, it was, you know, like 10.30. So it wasn't like we were looking for food. And Uh, it
2: was like 100
0: degrees. I'm going to say something else, too. Kevin went and talked to uh, guest services, and they could not have been nicer. They were very concerned. They took notes, and he even got a little thing for compensation to say that they were sorry that this happened. Um, I just, for me, it felt like, Maybe someone didn't think about it.
1: Yeah, it seems so short-sighted, doesn't it? And and I mean they do have those big tricycle type wheelchairs with the big rubber tires. I have
0: pictures of those. I'm gonna put them into right. the, it's you? Like the most ridiculous thing in the world.
1: Yeah, first of all, we get Kevin in one of those. Right. And then who pushes him? Because we'd both be laughing so hard. <laughs> then what does he do? <laughs>
2: and that was what that was one of the conversations. And they said, well, we do have beach wheelchairs. I said, well, they're very, very difficult to get into. Yeah. And secondly, what if someone's traveling alone? I mean, if I well, there's a very good possibility John might not want to go shopping on the beach. Right. So there was a good possibility that he would have stayed on the ship. If we were not there to look around and get a lay of the land, I can almost guarantee you that I would have been out there alone, so now I'm sitting in that ridiculous balloon wheelchair now what do I
0: do? Uh, you have strangers of, to push me to the restroom there was this there was an elderly couple very sweet elderly couple who was kind of sort of on our the same pace as us around the island and had the same complaints listen we, we can't go the gentleman was in a wheelchair I should have. Started with that. The gentleman was in a wheelchair and his wife was pushing him. And they said, you know, we can't go here, we can't go there. Oh, there go the dogs. And one of the things that I thought was, well, how was this older woman going to push her husband in one of these wheelchairs on the beach? Now, I had more mobility than he did. Mm-hmm. But these these balloon
2: wheelchairs, I mean, like you have to step over the footrest and
1: it's I can't ridiculous. imagine her getting him into that. And, and try then to boost it in the sand. Right. Like, That's not easy. So you said, the sand, is, it's beautiful there. The beach area is beautiful sand, but it's deep. And so I even watched and people with strollers. Yeah, it, a stroller would be very difficult mm-hmm. also. And
2: I, I tried to explain to them, in my group, which was John and I'm the shopper. I can guarantee you I would have come back with stuff.
0: But I bought nothing. I couldn't get to it. Yeah. The plus so. side is that Perfect Day at Coco Cay is absolutely beautiful. What they've it done in is. the island is gorgeous. The way the boat docks is so mm-hmm. convenient on that big, long dock to get there. Even the water park. I've heard a lot of things where people say, well, it's ridiculous that I should have to pay for the water park. We ran into a couple of podcast listeners, actually clients, and they had their daughter. I don't know how old she was, 8, 10, 20, 30. And she was going. out. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. And she was going to the water park and stuff. And they said, they said she thinks this is better than a Disney water park. Yeah. That's how much she enjoyed doing
1: it. I've heard the same thing. I've gotten nothing but positive feedback um, from clients. Outside of the accessibility issue, and I don't mean to dismiss it because that's a big issue. But that aside... Um, I've got nothing but positive feedback. And that's from people who decided to pay nothing and just enjoy the island or people who went all out and had water park passes and spent the day. I've got so, to tell you, it looks beautiful. It, yeah. Yeah. It's really well done. very, very,
0: very attractive if that's what you want to do. Yeah. Yep. All right. So they have, you know, depending on your itinerary, you can go to one of these two islands. Um, let's talk a little bit about some sample pricing. Because, you know, Disney's expensive and we want to give people an alternative. And if you are looking for something else and you're considering Royal Caribbean, you know, let's talk about pricing and see what you've come up with, Tracy.
1: So what I did was I looked at a couple options this fall because I'm optimistic. Um, You looking at pricing, Kevin?
2: (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm not. My phone buzzed and I was just seeing what's
0: going on. I I don't think he was (laughs) Um, pricing.
1: That was a joke. Huh? <laughs> um, <laughs> Call but, me out, Tracy. Go ahead. <laughs> I looked at uh, I looked at this fall because I I'm optimistic. I think in this I'm I'm hoping by summer we're going to see things start to move. So and by fall, if anybody out there are cruisers like us, we are desperate. Like I would get on the ship this fall if I can. Are you calling, calling f- fall starting in August? No, I wish. <laughs> I'm thinking like November, December.
2: Because we have a cruise booked in August. Do you? So could you push your fall dates back just a little bit? <laughs> what is, isn't Canadian fall
0: starting June?
1: Yeah. We're entering it. Summer is next week. <laughs> yeah. We're in winter right now. Next week will be spring. And then after that, yeah. By August, we wrap
2: it all up. <laughs> they move fast in Canada. Back into winter. All right. Tell us your price.
1: Anyways, back to what I was saying. Um, so I checked a couple options in the fall, in early November-ish, early to mid-November. I looked at the Symphony, and I also looked at the Harmony. They're the two newest ships um, with Royal, so I wanted to see what their pricing was like. Um, so looking at the Symphony out of Miami uh, for a seven-night to the Caribbean, this one I think was a Western, I priced a family of four, um, and then we were looking at, you know, between 3900 and 4000 for a family of four with port charges, taxes. And that's
2: in an ocean view balcony. Wow,
1: so that's a decent price. I also so looked, approximately a thousand
0: per yeah, person. Approximately a thousand per person. And I apologize. Before you go on to the next pricing, I want yep. to, to talk about this a little bit more in depth and really pull it apart. So you're talking about what? What ship was it again?
1: It was a Symphony. So okay. the newest in the fleet right now. Beautiful ship. All the amenities mm-hmm. that it has. A balcony mm-hmm. stateroom. Ocean view balcony. Keep in mind this class of ship has different levels of balcony. Yep. Um, so I looked at ocean view balcony. I did a family of four What helps with the price right now is a third and fourth guest was coming in somewhere around like $400 each. Um, so it really made the price attractive for a family of four. So you're looking at, you know, four grand. That's, that's a decent price.
0: Under for granted, yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. yeah. The Symphony is one of the Oasis class ships, correct? It is, yes. It's the newest out of the Oasis class. Um, that's the one that I was on. Uh, some of you might remember I did a show on it. God, well, I don't know. Was it last year or six years ago? I'm not sure. Who knows? You know, wait, who knows? Maybe it was 2019. I don't know. So I, the last ship I was on anyway, <laughs> I think it was December of 19 that I was on it. Um, and it was fairly new then. And we absolutely loved it. We just did the couple-day preview that they had done. And uh, a lot of neat features on it. I love that ship. So, yeah. So, Symphony. So, I wanted, and I did, because I didn't want to price one of the smaller ships. I don't think that's a fair comparison. Especially for those that are thinking, if I'm considering Disney and I'm comparing it to World Caribbean. Um, So, I wanted to kind of get close to that comparison. And what itinerary was this again? This was a Western Caribbean out of Miami. Seven nights. Um, So the other thing I looked at, I wanted to see out of Port Canaveral. Um, And right now we have the Harmony that's sailing in Port Canaveral. And again, this was a seven night, mid-November, Caribbean. And the Harmony, um, same class of ship as Symphony, almost the exact same size. Pretty much the same type of feature. Symphony had some newer things that they added, but Harmony right up there, same class of ship. Uh, and that one came in, you know, around thirty six, thirty seven hundred dollars 3700 for
0: a family of four. Wow. Ocean View Balcony. Wow. How old were the kids that you priced in there? It
1: doesn't matter with Royal. They just priced third and fourth. It's third and fourth, yeah. With Disney, it matters. Um, unless it's an infant, it doesn't matter with Royal whether their kids are adults. So it doesn't matter. It's third and fourth guest.
0: Yeah, the good news is Royal Caribbean is always offering these promotions.
1: Yeah, there's always wow. something. That, yeah, This wasn't any great deal. It's just the current offer. Um, and we find that the dollar value with Royal Caribbean's promotions is almost always the same. They may market it different. They may call it something different, but typically speaking, the dollar value is the same. I got one other price. I thought if any of you are like me, this past Christmas happened to be home and not seeing everybody. And if I could be away next Christmas on a cruise ship, man, would I love to do that just to be somewhere else? Um, so I looked at what Christmas would be on the Harmony at a Fort Canaveral. Seven night cruise departing December 19th, so I'd be away for Christmas. The family of four was coming in around 6600 Same ocean view balcony, so quite a bit more because it's Christmas week.
2: Oh, but it's so cheap,
1: but still, exactly. That's what I was going to say for a family of four over Christmas. That is a very decent price,
0: it really is.
1: Those prices for November are low, but that's
2: not exactly peak season. You know, kids are for
1: cruising it. it it's not peak, but it's there because November, um, early November, is a little bit slower. Um, so you're not going to get like your. But I think you would see. I think twenty. I think in twenty two, we're not seeing the same pricing. Pricing seems to be a little higher than what people are expecting. I think people are expecting. Oh, everything's nobody wants to cruise. Everybody's going to be everything's going to be slashed, and they haven't done that. Um, first of all, they don't want to. Um, they don't want to affect the integrity of the product too much. You cannot slash prices too much. The other thing is they want, they're going to wait. They're going to gauge interest. They're going to see, you know, first of all, when can we get back sailing? They have all of these people sitting on future cruise credits, probably hundreds of thousands of people with future cruise credits. So I don't think we're going to see big slashing of pricing. I notice in 21, the prices seem a little better than what we would typically see.
0: Yeah, and they're going to look to make up revenue. This is yeah. going to be their chance. Exactly. starts, they're going to try to get people on. All right, so I want to play devil's advocate for a minute. Okay. <clears throat> and I'm going to throw something out there. Everyone, not everyone, one of the biggest arguments I get is, yeah, Disney's more expensive than Royal Caribbean, but Royal Caribbean charges you for everything. But mm-hmm. Disney has so much more included. Yep. Let's address
1: that issue. Absolutely. It's a very real issue, and it's a valid point. Uh, There is no doubt that there's more included with Disney than there is with Royal Caribbean. So I always tell people to factor that in your price. So first thing you're going to pay is prepaid gratuities, no matter which cruise line you're on. So that's a wash. Um, Royal Caribbean charges for soda everywhere. So, you know, whereas with Disney, you're going to get free soda with your meals. They have the self-serve soda stations. On Disney, if you were to get soda in a bar or theater, you're still paying. But there's a lot of places where it's included. Um, So that would definitely be a difference. You know, if you think a soda package for a family of four, you're probably in the neighborhood of $50, $60 a person, I'm guessing, with gratuity if there's no promotions. So that's an add-on right there. Um, As far as other expenses, as far as dining, I find that with dining, I have to typically upgrade on Royal Caribbean in order to get a similar quality as the main restaurants on Disney. Now that's a very general statement. If I broke that down meal by meal, of course, there's going to be, there's going to be variances there, but a very general statement is I find. So the last time I had cruised for a week, I had talked about the fact that we had purchased a dining package with Royal Caribbean where we could eat in specialty restaurants. It was just unlimited. So I think we paid in the neighborhood of about $220 for that per person. So, you know, if you take a soda package in that dining, now now that's $300 per person. I think it was discounted for kids, but I'm not sure. But not everybody would do that. I would think the average person would maybe pay for a couple specialty restaurants throughout the course of the week. But, again, they could also do that on Disney. So you don't have to pay that in the dining, but that's something that some people could Consider an additional expense. Um, I also find on Royal Caribbean, there's more places to spend my money. So there's more restaurants. So you make sure you want to try them. There's more right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's, you know, the steak, Italian. There's just more places to spend your bucks. So I find that lends itself. Whereas on a Disney ship, you know, depending on the ship, you've got just Paolo or you may have Paolo and Remy. So there's that. So I think there could be more expense in the dining. And I also find on Royal Caribbean, on the main menu in the main restaurant, I can pay an upcharge to get a better steak or to get a lobster tail included, whereas I wouldn't see that on a Disney menu. So little things like that with the dining. That all being said, I like the dining on Royal Caribbean for the fact that I can dine anytime I want whether it's anytime dining for the main dining room, the selection of specialty restaurants, or the buffet, which is open every day. Whereas on Disney, the um, buffet
2: is... I apologize. That upcharge at the buffet is also available. You can get a steak, salmon, or chicken at an additional charge for mm -hmm. the buffet. You can also, the buffet offers a make-your-own-pizza. Most of the ships have a make-your-own-pizza option. I find that on the Royal Caribbean, there are more no charge options that aren't restaurant, like going in and sitting down. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Do you know what I mean? There are good- more fast food options on right. a Royal Caribbean ship than there are on a Disney
1: ship. Yeah. I never, like, well, you know, we talk about when we've done the podcast cruises. If we do a podcast cruise on Disney, there were days where I would find myself, there's nothing to open. I miss the meal time. There's I'd have to go back to the remote or room service. Whereas on a Royal Caribbean ship, no matter what time of the day or night, I could always find something. We also like going to the buffet for dinner most nights, as opposed to the main restaurant, if we're not doing specialty. So with Disney, that's not offered every night. And then when they do the buffet at dinner, it's actually a sit down where you're served. So so just differences like that. So there's some pluses and some minuses on the dining to both but I think there's definitely some extra expense to consider. So that was beverage dining. Um, we're talking about beverage Royal Caribbean offers beverage packages where you can prepay your alcohol packages. And, and, you know, for some, I think it would work out to be a savings. Disney does not offer that on the flip side of that. I think Disney's per drink price is less than what world Caribbean charges. So interesting in how that works out. So there's definitely some extra to be had there um, on Disney. Kids clubs are included and free. If the kids are there over a mealtime, they're fed. There's no upcharge except for the kids that are three and under in the nursery. There's a per hour charge for that. With Royal Caribbean, the there's a lot of kids club time that's free, but there's also some time where it's not. Like after a certain time at night, it kind of becomes group babysitting, and there's a per hour charge for your kids. There could be a charge depending on the event, on what's happening to give them food, so there could be some charges incurred. There's some activities that have an extra charge uh, with the kids club, so there could be some charges incurred um, on a Royal Caribbean cruise for that. Outside of that, when, I, when um, I look at those charges, Tracy, when I look
0: at that those those things that are being charged, even if you add that to the price yes. of Royal Caribbean, you are still well under. Yeah a Disney cruise line vacation.
1: I typically tell people when they're, if they're comparing, I typically tell them, you know, you should assume that just, you're going to probably spend maybe a thousand more on a Royal Caribbean. And some people will spend nothing more because they won't do all of those extras. Um, But for some, I say, if you, you know, estimate a thousand more for soda, um, a little bit extra, maybe you're going to do in dining. Maybe there's a couple of things you paid for in the kids club. I think if you estimate that maybe around 250, you know, between 250 and 300 a person kind of thing, I think you'd be in the ballpark. But if you added those to the Disney price, depending on season, I think you're still going to find there's, there's a
0: hole. There's a gap here. I agree. And I think you also said something earlier that I think is important. You know, you talk about, the soda package, you talk about dining, not everybody in your family is going to do all those things. So maybe you get to drink two soda packages, one for each child, and then you and your spouse go to dinner. You might not take the kids to a fancy dinner. It might not be worth it. They might be happy getting pizza and playing. So, you know, you can't really say in general, this is what you're going to, you're going to spend. But I do want to say when you book through dreams unlimited travel, You get a shipboard credit and that shipboard credit can be used to some of the in to be applied to some of the things we talked about as an upcharge i want to wrap up soon but i want to end with something you started to talk about which was kids clubs now disney cruise line is known for their kids clubs they are so popular and let's just face it they are the best in the industry They have done so great with the kids program. For none.
1: I mean, there's no, that's not even a question. Right.
0: So, but what is available on Royal Caribbean for kids as far as kids programming?
1: There are kids programming. There is kids programming on every ship. Royal Caribbean, along with Celebrity, um, both of them have what they call the Autism at Sea program. And that's something that they had to be certified to, you know, to use. So they also have, um, you know, if you have a kid with special needs, um, they do have, you know, some things along that lines as well. Things like, um, they had a toy and game, um, what do you call it? Almost like a library where you can borrow things because sometimes a kid with autism isn't going to participate necessarily the same way in the club, but maybe, you know, when I when Ben was younger, there would have been times where we needed to spend a couple hours in the room. If I could have went and borrowed an activity that we could have done together would have been very helpful. Um, so they do have that, um, There are kids' programs on the newer ships. Obviously, the larger ships are quite extensive. These ships are also great for your, you know, your tweens, your teenagers, your tweens, who, you know, because just the stuff that's not kids' club, rock climbing walls and wave, you know, the wave runner thing. There's a lot on these ships for that age group. What do they have? What
0: they have for the tweens? Isn't there a club?
1: Oh, yeah. Yep. They all still have a club. But outside of the club, there's even so many more activities for that age group. On the cruises. Um, so I think it used to be if you were asking about kids' clubs on anything but a Disney cruise, it would be, you know, a room with a wall of TVs and some beanbag chairs. Um, and that's just not the case anymore.
0: Yeah, they would put kids in front of video games, but yeah. But,
1: uh, they would. Uh, literally, we've seen it, yeah.
0: we One of the things we like to do on a ship, and I, this isn't creepy, I promise, <laughs> Kevin and I like to go and look at the kids' club there. Absolutely. Um, and see what's when going on. When the kids' up. clubs aren't open. <laughs> <laughs> there aren't kids yeah. in them. But they're great. And they're, they're, they are so colorful and, um, I don't know, well-stocked isn't the right word.
2: But they have a but lot. But they're of- well-equipped.
0: Well-equipped. That's a much yes. better
2: experience. We were on one ship where they had a team club just outside of the buffet. And it had, like, a doorman. Do you remember that?
0: I do, because they didn't want (laughs) creepy adults on it.
2: Right. It was – I thought it was kind of cool. It really was like a club. You had to prove that you were eligible to get in there. Yeah. So they
1: do stuff like that, too. Yeah. Royal Caribbean has really stepped up their game. um, As far as keeping the kids entertained, there are definitely, you know, clubs similar to Disney – Um, they're striving for that level. I don't think they'll ever get there, but also they're not charging the same price. So I think you have to, I think you have to compare with an open mind as to what the price point is. Um, I would also say with the kids, um, totally lost it. went right out of my head.
0: uh, (laughs) Sorry, Mike. Good. What are you going to say, Kevin?
2: I find as an adult, not talking about kids, I find there's more flexibility on a Royal Caribbean yes. cruise. That's a great At word. night on Disney, it's dinner and a show or a show and dinner. And then after that, as an adult, I, I, other than a bar, I don't find there's an, a lot for an adult to do. That's my opinion. I find that in the Royal Caribbean ship, there's more to do.
0: I'm going to say something. Right. We we hardly ever talk about this. I think it's something we should talk about is I think the pool areas on Royal Caribbean far surpass Disney's pool areas. Mm-hmm. I mean, with these giant hot tubs and big pools, and of course they have a, yeah. a separate area for adults uh, that Disney does as well. Sure. You don't have um, the things that Disney has, the aqueduct and all that mm-hmm. stuff, but the pool areas themselves are really above and beyond royal caribbean's
2: adult pool area below disney's out of the water
1: yeah. yeah yeah i would agree i just remembered what i wanted to say um on any ship you're on the kids clubs john had mentioned about going to see them on the first day of a cruise it's always open house so our typical routine is we get on we get situated we have lunch and then we go find the kids clubs And that's the perfect opportunity to check them out. So if your parents traveling with kids, you want to check them out and get them registered. But if you don't have the kids with you that trip and you want to check it out, perfect opportunity to do it. Same thing, you know, sometimes, you know, when we're in there, we meet other adults and it's grandma and grandpa, you know, we're thinking about taking the kids on this ship next year and they want to see what's being offered and you can ask questions. They'll be happy to give you samples of their programming and what they do. Um, and we've done this on every single ship we get on.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned this too. Uh, for tweens, but also for kids, there's stuff to do beyond the kids' clubs, yeah. like uh, depending on the ship, if it has the boardwalk area, there's mm-hmm. plenty of stuff for kids to do on the boardwalk area. So rider.: Yep. More recently, they're
1: doing Sorry, Kevin, they're doing laser tag. You know, they set up this inflatable laser tag thing, and they've and, got that going.
0: One of the ships in the laser tag area, they do bumper cars. And um, there's the ice skating rink. So there's a whole bunch of stuff for uh, anyone in your family to do where, you know, I personally think that there's so much more options on a Royal Caribbean ship. There's also a sports deck, Mm -hmm. basketball, um, golfing,
2: rock climbing. And it's one of the places I can go and get a hot dog anytime I want <laughs> they, have, they have a snack bar there and they serve really good hot dogs and hamburgers and more than once I've been known to go to the sports deck and get my hot dog fix so I like both as an adult I prefer Royal Caribbean
0: I agree All right, anything we want to end with? anything you want to sum up?
1: I don't think so I think the biggest question we get is when are they coming back we don't know we're hoping. I'm really cautiously optimistic. We're going to see some movement starting June and July. I think it's going to be small stuff. Maybe you know, a couple of days at sea in a private island. Um, I, I mean, this is just an educated guess. I don't think we're going to see anything in May yet. I think it's going to be a bit, but fingers crossed. We figure out something for Alaska this year because that's going to be rough. Same thing. And Europe's up in the air right now too. So. Yep. A lot up in the air, a lot we don't know. But what we do know is that when cruising comes back, they're going to be ready. I agree. Um, it's going to be, you know, they're going to do everything they can to keep us safe. And uh, it's not going to look exactly the same as it did before. But us diehard cruisers, just like us diehard Disney fans, we're willing to make accommodations to get our fix.
0: I agree. Great. If you're looking to book a Royal Caribbean cruise line vacation, you can contact Tracy directly. Um, I put her email address email address up several times during the show, and uh, or if you have a Dreams agent, you can contact them and they can help you. And I want to remind folks that when you do book through Dreams Unlimited Travel, everybody gets a shipboard credit. The shipboard credit is based on the final price of your cruise. So once you get a quote from us, you will know how much shipboard credit you'll get as well. And everybody gets our gift basket for cruising. And it's full of a bunch of little trinkets and uh, items that we've curated during our travels where we thought, boy, it would be a really great idea to do this or do that. We talked about it on a previous show, got a lot of attention. The things we bring with us, some of those things are actually in those baskets. We put a flashlight in the baskets and things like that. So uh, please consider booking your trip through Dreams Unlimited Travel. Thank you guys for helping me with this. Let's go book our own cruises as soon as we're done. <laughs> it. That's what Kevin was doing. He was booking a cruise. I was.
2: <laughs> <he> was <looking laughs> it's if you book through us, you might run into one of us on the ship. Chances
0: are. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys very much. Thank you everybody at home for listening and watching. We hope you have a great week and we hope you have a great vacation.